0: You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you during this quarantine time. I hope that you are social distancing. That's the only way we're going to make it through all of this. Uh, But actually, it's not the only way. We need to lean on God, and that is what we're looking at today. Got God. That's the title of the sermon today. Here on words of encouragement. One of the most successful campaigns that the dairy industry ever had was their Got Milk ads. Those two words, combined with a milk mustache on famous people, got the point across about how healthy and important it is to drink your milk. Uh, It's very, very important, and boy, they had that campaign, and none of us, I think, would ever forget that. Uh, Now, some of the younger ones may not have seen it, but if they'll look back in what they call a magazine, it was a publication about like this, and some magazines had pages that you turned physically with your hands, Uh, You'd come across, sometimes on the back of the magazine, sometimes in the inside, uh, that ad of somebody famous with a milk mustache and the words, got milk. Uh, Well, today, with with the obvious happening around us, some of us may have forgotten that we have God. The focus is all on what we know and do not know about the virus, and it's all the news is talking about. You can go to sports, politics, uh, the financial report, the, uh, the feature stories. Every area of the news somehow talks about this virus, and somehow the virus has affected everything that is going on. Well, in the midst of it all, let me remind you that God is present. He is here. But, he's, but when He's not acknowledged, when no one's talking about God, we tend to forget that He's here. Because all we're talking about, all we're focused on is this virus and the fact that we can't see each other and speak to each other and touch each other and the social distancing that is getting to people like me who, who are having anxiety. Don't feel odd if you're feeling anxious, please. So it's a normal response for some people, okay? And I want you to know that it's okay? If you're feeling that way, it is not odd. And please do not let anyone run you down and say, Oh, you just need to get over it. You have what you have. You feel how you feel. Okay? And same for those who feel nothing, who feel fine. You know, that's the way you feel. Good for you. I'm not going to knock you. But don't knock those who are having trouble with this either. Because we're all dealing with it in different ways. But one of, the, one of the rocks, one of the uh, stable points in our lives is God Himself. No matter how you're dealing with this, God is our constant. And we must remember that He is still here. Listen. Someone needs to keep beating the drum in this world that declares the presence of God. Someone needs to be that person who stands up and says, wait a minute, God is still here. And I want to charge you as a fellow Christian, a fellow brother and sister in Christ, to be that one. If we will all be the ones who declare the presence of God in the midst of all this mess we can find some peace. And I can't hear you saying amen, but I'm imagining thousands of you out there saying amen. This morning I want to ask you the question. Got God? Got God? Do you have God? I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. You may be sitting in your chair and that's fine, but I'm going to ask you to stand anyway. Uh, we're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians verse uh, chapter 5, verses nine 6 through 9. I'll get it straight in a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say. And prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. And here's our verse that I kind of set apart for us to read that you're looking at now. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. Paul has been sharing with the folks in Corinth, the Christians that are there, about the body that God will give us when we go to heaven. It's not going to be this body, it's going to be a new body. And Paul has a passionate longing. He desires to be free from his earthly body and all that comes with it. All the sins that come with it, the frustrations, the weaknesses, and if you remember, Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh. You might say that you know, might say, "Well, you need to get some tweezers and get that out." It was a thorn that we do not know. We don't have a definition. Paul didn't describe what it was. He just said, "I have a thorn in my flesh." There's something that's bothered me. Something that's be- bothering me. Something that is. Uh, tormenting me. And the Bible tells us Paul asked three times for God to remove it. And God said, you know, he did not remove it. And Paul said, look, God's grace is sufficient for me. I'm going to, ha- I'm just going to move along. I'm going to move along even though. And so Paul has a passionate longing to be free from this body, uh, free from the frustrations, the weaknesses, the sin that affects it. He, he longs to be Away from this body that he has. Look at verse 6. Therefore being always of good courage. And knowing that while we are at home in the body. We are absent from the Lord. He encourages them to have good courage. No matter what they were facing. He says have good courage. Have courage. Hang in there. Have that courage. Why? Well look up at verse 5. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge or as a payment, a down payment. God gave them the Spirit as a pledge, a a seal of sorts. With the Holy Spirit of God living inside of every believer, there is a courage. Courage. That is present. That courage is there. You and I, we need to just, uh, you know, we need to tap into that courage. It's there. The Holy Spirit brings it to us. So it's there. We can tap into that courage. And we can have that courage. Has each believer tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives? Evidently, not all of these that Paul is writing had done that. They had not all tapped into that courage. So Paul is telling them, have courage, be of good courage. This courage comes by way of the Holy Spirit that is in you as a believer. So take hold of that courage. Paul reminds them of the Holy Spirit's presence here. He says, hey, you've got courage. You have this courage, lean on this courage, live with this courage to face whatever is coming. Live with that, have that courage, be encouraged, Paul is saying. He says we're at home in the body, but we're absent from the Lord. What does that mean? It means that we are not able to fully experience His presence while we're at home in this body. Do you realize that? You know that. You come to church and you experience a moment sometimes of communion with God. There is a time in the worship services. Maybe it's a a prayer. Maybe someone prays and says something that just gets at your heart and God speaks to you. Maybe it's a song that is sung. Maybe it's a song you're singing in congregational worship. Something speaks to you. Maybe it's even the sermon. Who knows? But God uses it to touch you and to speak to your heart. Something is happening there. Take courage. Take courage. But this home that is our body, this home that is our body cannot fully experience the presence of God while we're here. We can't fully experience His presence. Because while we're in this body. In the meantime, Paul says, take good courage. Take good courage. Courage. Our trust, while we're not fully in His presence, is in what we cannot see with our eyes. Notice, our trust is in something we cannot see with our eyes. Our trust is in the Holy Spirit of God. Interesting. Now, I'm thinking about this virus. Who cannot think about it? We cannot see it. We cannot see it. I know some people do not believe it exists at all. I've had people ask me, do you even know anybody who actually has it? And I can say, yes. Yes, I know someone. I know someones. It exists. And it's out there. And it's putting some people in the ICU. It's putting some people in a bad spot. Okay, well... If we can't talk about the virus, the coronavirus, if you don't want to believe that that's real, I know you believe that the flu virus is real because people get sick and it's out there. But have you seen it? Well, I haven't seen the flu virus. What does it look like? Is it ugly? Is it, is it pretty? I mean, what does it look like? What does the flu virus look like? It's out there and it affects people and we can't see it. You see what's happening? You see where I'm going with this? If you're like me, you believe that viruses do exist. They do make people sick. And in believing in those viruses, we're believing in something we cannot see with our eyes. What we do see are the results of the virus. What we do see are the results of what the virus does. That's what we're seeing. Well, the Holy Spirit is similar. We cannot see him with our eyes, but what we can see are the results of what he does. If if Look, if God has changed a life, then that life is the evidence of an act of God. Can't see God, but we can see the results of something he's done. We can see the results of his handiwork. Well, look at the world. Look at the world we're living in. Look at, the, look at the beautiful flowers that are blooming. Some of you haven't been outside your house. Go outside. Look. It's okay. It's safe. Look at the flowers. Look at what God is doing. That's a result of an act of God. Oh, you might say, well, God put all that in motion. It just kind of keeps itself going and does its own thing. God is in control. God is in control of this. Just as we believe in a virus we cannot see, we as children of God believe in Him and in His Holy Spirit that He's given to each believer. If we do, then we have the courage that has been given to us by way of that same Holy Spirit. So we can face whatever... Whatever comes our way, we can face it with good courage because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and the Holy Spirit has brought with Him when He came to live inside of us, courage. And Paul says, look, take hold of that courage. Continue to have it. Continue to lean on it. While we're here on this earth and living through all that is part of this world, we're going to need to have good courage. We're going to need to have that good courage. Lest we sit at home and never ever communicate with anyone. We need that courage that the Holy Spirit brings to us. So the first thing I want to say to you and to me is to lean on the courage that comes from God. Lean on the courage from God. Lean on it. Make yourself do that. Lean on that courage. The second thing, have faith. Look at verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul makes a very short statement that has been quoted, my goodness, throughout the ages. Ever since he said it, I, I would imagine someone has quoted that when they found it and read it. It is a crucial part of the Christian life. While those who do not believe in God seek to understand life and make it through life by continuing to trust in what they can see and touch, the Christian makes their way through life by counting on God whom they cannot see and cannot touch. You might say, well, that's crazy. That's faith. That's what that is. That's faith. That's trusting in God. Living this life as a Christian means depending on God for all things, physical and spiritual. That's what it means. That's what it means. Living this life as a Christian means depending on God for all things, physical and spiritual. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that you and I aren't aren't going to be able to trust in everything that we ourselves can do and make it in this world. We're going to need the help of God. And we're going to have to learn to trust in Him. We can talk about doing that. And that we may think that we do that. We can talk about, you know, that we we, 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 we trust in the Lord. We, we, we do. We, we, we count on Him. Oh no, what are we going to do now? Something happened. Oh no. We talk about trusting in the Lord, but do we really trust in Him? When something like this virus rises, you know, its ugly head, raises its ugly head, what do we do? We panic. We panic. The unknown Some of us panic. We panic because we do not know who has the virus. Have we been near someone who has? Uh, Can can we ever answer? Can we really ever answer that question and know that it's true and know the answer? Do we have it and are we at risk in in, in infecting someone else? The devil would love for us to live in constant fear. He would love for us to just be like in a bubble. I saw I saw one of. Funniest things I saw was uh, there was a a video of this person it, How many of you have ha- how many of you have hamsters? Raise your hand i 'm looking for you. <laughs> some of you have had a hamster at some point. You remember the little plastic ball you could put them in that little ball and let them roll around. They were free, but they weren 't <laughs> that I saw a video of a person in this big blow-up ball, and they were walking down the street, and I said, man, look at that. That's hilarious. You know, nobody could get near them, and they were safe in their little bubble. You know, the devil would love for us to live in a little bubble and live in constant fear. But where does that place us? That places us in a place where we're ineffective in the hands of God. God can't use us if we're living in a little bubble and we're, we're not talking to anybody. We're not calling anybody. We're not texting anybody. We're not chatting with anybody on, on, on Facebook. We're not uh, WhatsApping anybody. We're not getting on Instagram interacting with anybody. Boy, you can go through all, all these things, uh, all these video, these social media things. But you can get yourself in a spot where you're not, you're not doing what you should be doing as a Christian. And talking to others about who God is. And that's where the devil would love for you to stay. He would love for you to stay right there. Ineffective in the hands of God. And just living in fear. But we have this Holy Spirit inside of us. And with His presence comes courage. With His presence comes peace. Living by faith is a transition for us. Living by faith is a transition for us. We're not born living by faith. We're not born into this world living by faith, trusting in the Lord. We're not born that way. And so when we're we're not born that way, it's a transition. It's something we have to work toward and work in. This living by faith comes with the acceptance of Christ in one's heart. Notice, Paul would have never reminded them. To walk by faith, not by sight, unless they had forgotten. Unless they had forgotten, why would he even mention it? Evidently, these Christians in Corinth were not walking by faith. They were walking by sight. They were walking by what they could see and understand. You and I must walk by faith. You and I need to be reminded that when things look dim, things look doomy and gloomy, we can look past our fear And we can see the smiling face of God. And He's with us. That's where we need to be. Right now, many of us are scared to leave our homes. We're told not to. Some of us do not care. But there are others who are frightened to leave their homes. Have faith in God. Put your trust in Him. You can go outside. You can go around your lawn and look. You may not want to. You may say, "Oh my goodness, it needs to be mowed." <laughs> you may see things that need to be done. Well, then get out and do them. But do not become a prisoner in your own home. Get outside a little bit. Have faith in God. The last thing, have good conduct. Now, wow, where do we how do we get there? Look at verses 8 and 9. We are of Good courage, I say. And prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. There's Paul. I, I just really would like to be with God. <laughs> I just would really like to be with Jesus up there. I just really want... This place down here is horrible. I'd really just like to be up there. That's, you see that in this verse. But look at verse 9. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing To Him. Hmm. So again here, Paul mentions the courage. There's a longing in his heart to be with God. To be away from the stresses of this world. The dangers of this world. Oh, it would be so nice not to have to worry about any of that garbage. To be away from all of it. Today he would say to be away from the effects of the virus. And I'm not saying the physical effects. I'm talking about the mental effects of this virus. It is doing a toll on so many. It's bringing us down, uh, bringing many people down to a point where they just can't. It's it's hard to function day to day. He has a desire, Paul does, to be where the Bible tells us there there, there is no death. There are no tears. There's no mourning. There's no crying. There's no pain. Paul desires to be there. But, but, he has something else to say about this. You know, when you think about where God is. When you take time to stop and think about where He is and how perfect heaven is. You might just allow yourself to think, you know, it, it's going to be so nice. It's going to be so good. There's not going to be stress in heaven. There's, it's, it's just going to be perfect. And you kind of allow yourself to, to begin to kind of realize what life is going to be like there. And you begin to have a desire to be there. You begin to have a desire to go there. But Paul, look, but but the point Paul wants to make with these Corinthian Christians is to remember that whether you're living there or you're living here, you need to live a life pleasing to God. It doesn't matter. Either way, you're not getting out of it. Oh, well, if I go to heaven, I I can just do whatever I want. Well, no. You're not going to have a desire of the flesh. You're not going to have those desires to do things that are displeasing to the Lord. But Paul says, look, wherever you live, you're going to want to live a life that is pleasing to Him. You're going to want that. You're going to want that. The life we live needs to be one of good conduct. Before a holy and loving God. In fact, he says we're to have as our ambition in life to be pleasing to God. It ought to be a goal that we have. This living a life that is pleasing to God ought to be a daily goal for us. Not just when we're around other Christians. Not when we're talking to our Christian brothers and sisters on the phone. Oh, well, I'll watch my language because I'm talking to my sister from church. Or I'm talking to my brother from church. I'll be nice. I'll watch my language. Watch your language all the time. Come on. Live a life. Have it as an ambition to live a life that is pleasing to God. We're to allow God to live inside of us and work through us. If that is going to be a possibility in our lives, if that's going to be a possibility, then we need to be working toward lives that are pleasing to Him. It's as simple as that. We need to be working toward listening to Him. We need to be waiting on Him to speak to us. Taking time to do that. If you long to go to a place where there is no pain... No crying, no death, no mourning. That does not mean you just do whatever you want to do down here. It does not mean that this life does not matter. Oh, it matters. It matters. Remember, you as a child of God are living proof of His life-changing power. You are proof of God's life changing power to a world that is in darkness, to a world that needs to know who God is. You are living proof of what He can do. A changed life is proof of God's power. When others long to see a life directed by God, when others long to see God's power in action, Where are they going to find God's power? The results of His power. Evidence of who He is and what He can do. Where are they going to find that? Hopefully they can look at you and find it. I hope that people can look at you and say that is proof that God can change a life. And that God's in control of that person. There's proof. I hope they can look at you and see that. Remember, the way you live your life matters to God, and it does matter to others. It matters to others as well. Lean on the courage from God. Lean on that. Have faith in God. Have good conduct before God. Lean on that courage that He's given to every believer. And live that life in front of others that says, God is in control of my life. God's in control. He's got this handled. Maybe you're here this morning, you're listening, and you're thinking, I don't know that God is in charge of my life. I don't don't think I, I, I have that in my life. Maybe today you'd like to ask Christ to be in your heart, to be in control of your life. Maybe you'd like to say, look, I am a sinner. I've done things that are that are that just have not made God happy. Bible tells us we're all sinners. All of us have sinned, all of us fall short of the glory of God, the reward of salvation. All of us fall short of that. But if you will admit to God that you're a sinner, that you have done things that have been displeasing to him. If you'll admit to God you're a sinner, Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to come into your heart. And to be in charge. You can have Christ as your Savior. You can have salvation. You can be forgiven of your sins. And have a place in heaven prepared for you. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I want you to just repeat some words after me. Nothing special about the words. I always say that. But I want you to hear that. I want you to understand. I want you to know. That there's no special formula that you have to say no magic words that make this happen, this change happen. But you must express to God what you want of Him. You must share with Him. So if you would, repeat these words after me. If you're ready to have Christ in your heart, if you want to do that, would you just do this? Just repeat these words after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you come into my heart? Will you be in charge of my life? That simple prayer. If you meant it with all of your heart. Then Jesus came into your heart. You've been forgiven of your sins. You're a part of God's family. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that this morning, I want you to go to FBCwinsboro.com. you can write that down right now, just take some time to write that down, FBCwinsboro.com. and I want you to go there and there's a place where you can click on contact and I want you to just simply say, look I, I asked Jesus into my heart I want to talk to someone and just send that, that'll send an email to us And I can get in touch with you. Would you do that? If you made a decision to follow Jesus today. We want to know about it. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. This is big stuff. This is big news. This is real. And if you ask Christ into your heart. We want to know. We want you to share it with us. Maybe you're here this morning. And you're thinking you know what. I need some peace. I, I need peace in my heart. I have Jesus, but I just need some peace. I need, I need some peace that comes with Jesus. Can I pray for you right now? Father, we, I, I want to pray for those who are having a difficult time right now going through all of this. Maybe they're going day to day, and maybe they just have this ongoing sense of nervousness, this, this uneasiness, this anxious uh, feeling. Father, would you bring peace would you bring that courage? Would you make that? Would you shine a light, a spotlight on that courage and uh, and on that peace that they already have in their lives through Christ? Would you shine a spotlight on that so people can see that and just be reminded that you're there, that you're with them? God, would you do that today? Father, we thank you for being a God who cares about everything that goes on in our lives. And we thank you for being a God, most of all today, who is present and with us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement today. We hope that these have been words of encouragement to you. You know, we're praying for you. Uh, It is very difficult to go through what we're going through, and it's not, I mean, it's not easy in any way. Uh, But we do hope that you know we're praying for you. We're going to make it through all of this. Uh, Heads up. God's got this. We're going to be okay. It's going to happen, and we're going to be on the other side of this at some point. Uh, My my, my preference would be very soon, uh, but of course... It's going to take a while before we can all get back to normal. But uh, you pray for your neighbor. We're praying for you. And if you need to make that decision to follow Jesus, look, remember, you still can. Go to fbcwinsboro.com, and you can find that information and just kind of fill out that little form. It's on the right-hand side of the website. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.